0: Oh, hi. hello how are you i'm wonderful how about you i am so great okay so talk to me about drumming when did you get into drumming
1: uh i started drumming like uh i think i got my first drum set when i was three so like 30 years now that's a really long time huh?
0: uh, uh, yeah how often do
1: you drum uh i used to drum like a couple times a week up until about a year ago, uh, I, I had like a, just like a little lockout studio where my drum set was set up and, uh, I would go there at least once or twice a week. Um, and then like, I got rid of it and I actually went and played the drums for the first time in like a year, a couple of days ago. My body's a little upset with me right now, but
0: how, so walk me through that. Was that with a band? Was that you just like, I need to bang on some things.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a studio, a local studio that has like a couple of uh, recording rooms set up and there's drum sets that are already in there. You just got to bring like your own cymbals and stuff. So I did that, played for like, you know, I just, I reserved it for like two hours. And after an hour, a little over an hour, I was already not doing, not doing yeah. physically. So was that yeah. just
0: you going in, you and the drums and just, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. no I, way. I, I, yeah. But, uh, put my monitors in and like, I'll put my, my my phone on shuffle and i'll just like play whatever song comes on next
0: no way yeah what got you i mean obviously you were three but is music big in your family what got you into drumming especially at such a young age
1: yeah my dad was uh, a musician and he uh was in like a surf band from like even uh, i was like high school or college time and like that was like his job and they played like disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm and all these places and so he grew up he was he played bass and sang and then um, obviously when I was born it was like you know music and drums just kind of I don't know if I picked it or if he picked it and then played with him and that band every once in a while I think the first time I played with them on stage I was like eight or nine and no way yeah I did that uh a lot you know kind of growing up and yeah just always been a part of my life has
0: it ever been a potential career? Was there ever
2: any I like, I like
1: probably, it probably would have been a lot easier for me to be a musician or like, it probably would have been easier for me to make a living playing music rather than playing video games. But really, yeah, I don't know if that it was, I think it's just because it was something that I, I always has always been a constant in my life and, and it's still like something I enjoy and, is cathartic to do but like I don't I'm not like the typical musician like if I get in a room with musicians I always feel like I don't have anything in common with any of them and like there there's I don't there's not this creative angst deep down inside of me that needs to be expressed I don't need to I don't feel the need to like write or create music like I have fun playing other people's music and playing like covers and stuff so uh it, it may have been I may be better at it, but it just didn't feel like something that was ever in the cards for me.
0: Interesting. So it's something you're good at, but you don't have, like, you don't, yeah, you don't want to create beats. You don't want to, did you ever write songs?
1: No, never. I mean, I I, the, I was in a band for a while when I lived in Arizona and, like, he, the the guitarist who's, like, super talented, had a bunch of songs that he had written that, like, I made drum parts for. Um, and and like maybe if it was something that I ever got into, I would enjoy it. But it's yeah, I don't know. Writing was just never. I feel like there's so many musicians that talk about like you know, writing music or creating music fulfills some thing for yeah. them. Yeah, and it's just, they're just like that was always a swing and a miss for me. So
0: really, and even was there any part of you that wanted to entertain? Because of course, you go from being a drummer to streaming, which is entertainment was there ever that being in front of people and performing or was it performing
1: was always a blast like that that part I always enjoyed and you know still I think streaming is a little bit of that definitely but uh yeah the the writing and creating part I guess never really resonated with me but performing is still fun I mean I'm trying to think of the last time I actually like
2: played a gig was probably I don't know five or six years ago at this point but um, yeah, it's always fun when I do it. That's so
0: sick. So what does it take you to then to now bust out the drums? You mentioned it's been a year. What is it something that just doesn't fit in your life as well now?
1: Yeah, it's something that like uh I think a lot of people don't. Drumming is probably like the worst hobby to have because it's not <laughs> it's like not cheap like a drum set. I guess you can get a drum set for kind of cheap these days. Um, but like setting it up, setting up the drum set doesn't take, you know, a small amount of time. So like, there's a time commitment just to get it set up. But then it's also like, where are you going to play? Like I live in a nice neighborhood with families and kids everywhere, like, and an HOA. So I'm sure I could get away with playing. And even if the cops were called, I'd be like, well, within my right to like make noise at my own house. Yeah. Uh, But it's just like, it, I've had that happen to me so many times in my life that it's just like not, it ruins any chance of enjoyment playing at home, knowing that
2: all oh, my neighbors hate this. So, uh, usually like it's always just been something that
1: since I was a kid or like, I, I lived on my own in Arizona and I, I had like, it was a house that was made out of brick. So I felt like a nice. little bit more confident that I could play there, but, um, yeah, for the most part, it's just always been, I've had to have some kind of space set up somewhere else that would accommodate.
0: Do you not like electronic drums?
1: Yeah, they're just, they're a lot better now than they've ever been and I probably use that as a little bit of a cop out um, because historically they're pretty terrible and don't really genuinely reflect like what it is to play the drums. So, yeah. um, but there are nice enough ones now that I could probably justify it, and that's, Ultimately, that's probably what I'll end up doing is getting a an electric kit and having it set up. But who knows? Is there a room in the house? Just, uh, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably do it in in my stream room. Yeah. Yeah. Start doing a little
0: testy FPS status stream and drum in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, that there. The, you know, I always say that audio is whenever the, the you know like my community finds out that we just kind of like go in waves. Every six months or eight months, it'll kind of come up, and then a video will go around of me playing, and then uh i'll like entertain the idea of it but like audio is so hard to set up when it's just like video game and like talking and then like to try and do oh i'm gonna do music too yeah there's a whole nother and like an instrument and make sure the balance is right there it's a whole nother whole nother thing i think i've actually just discovered the real reason it's because you
0: don't want to show people that you're not wearing pants <laughs>
1: underneath yeah, your desk. That, that, that i mean that's a that's a phenomenal fan theory that that, yeah. that floats around could you
0: since no one can see no i was gonna have you stand up you don't have to
1: oh um, no i mean yeah i mean if, if people don't believe that i'd be i'd be happy to st-
2: <laughs> i'm sorry i had to do it right.
0: that was so perfect everyone's hey, gonna yeah. be so mad because they, they were yelling be. at me yeah Yep, I need to figure out Blum how out. to do that. But that's everyone. He just pulled up the whole end of what it, What show is that? Uh,
1: Curb Your Enthusiasm.
0: There we go. He just rolled the credits. So he was trying yeah, to yeah. quick dip out of there. Uh, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Drummer. And how the F did I not know you were a firefighter? Or yeah. a first responder of sorts? Please walk yeah. me through that. First that of all, was, before uh, we even get there. What was, mm-hmm. did you go to college? No. Really? Yeah interesting so post high school chadwick Uh wants to do what what is chadwick's
1: Uh, dream not like i i barely made it out of high school like really like just barely yeah uh i think i i want to say i graduated with like like a 2.4 or 2.2 gpa like could not be bothered to participate in school uh much to the chagrin of like every teacher my entire life it was just like, I was just constantly being at like parents, student teacher conferences and the teachers telling my parents, like, listen, I don't know what's wrong with him. Like it, it, he doesn't do any, like I, I could pass every test. I know all the answers. I just like could not do homework. Couldn't be bothered to do it. Uh, And like literally barely made it out of high school. So I just knew that college wasn't going to be anything other than a waste of everybody's time and i i was ready to get out of the house like the millisecond that i turned 18 so uh why was that i just like had a pretty contentious relationship with uh with my mom so it's just like i was just like ready to yeah ready to go ready to have freedom as soon as i turned 18 and um like randomly like some kid that like i was like kind of friends with not even friends like we knew each other we had like a couple of classes together in high school he's like hey man I'm gonna take an EMT class at the community college like do you want to take it with me and I was like uh sure I guess and so I took that and then I don't even know what he ended up doing with it I don't even remember if he made it through the class but like I I went through EMT and I started working for an ambulance company and uh
2: and for you're me, how old like,
1: I was still, i i was i was like 18 i was like still oh, in shoot. high school when i started taking the the emt class so like the the second that i graduated i like got a job and worked for an ambulance company and moved out and then ended up uh, moving to arizona to go to paramedic school why arizona uh because i got into a paramedic school out there oh, okay and where were yeah. you before sorry uh southern california nice okay yeah and then uh Yeah, became a paramedic and uh, worked for a fire department out there and then also taught EMT and paramedic and was uh, like part owner of a school that taught EMT and paramedic. Yeah, and then uh, that's actually where I met my wife too. Yeah, and then so
2: I did that. I was like in that industry for like six years. And then like I crashed a motorcycle. My dad got sick.
1: Uh. And then I knocked up my girlfriend. So it was just like, it was nice. like a whole lot of
2: things. Yeah, that like had to like...
1: <laughs> it was like, okay, got to like change everything now. So uh, I, I moved back home. I got a job in the auto industry because like, again, no college education and like being trained to be a firefighter and a paramedic is great for that thing. But that education doesn't really carry on to anything else. Uh, and like my now wife was pregnant after nine months of dating. So it was like, she got that worked like, out. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just winged it, you know?
0: So it's, okay. So take me back. How, how do you go from eh, screw it? I'll do the EMT test to then getting mm-hmm. so deep into that line of work. Like, was it something you really loved? Was it financially rewarding? Like what got you so deep into that?
1: Uh, probably just, like, a slightly addictive personality, um, and, like, I enjoyed the challenge of, I think I enjoyed the teaching part of it, and, like, the challenge of, like, it's a pretty, it's, like, a really hard industry, or at least it was a really hard industry to get into at the time, and so, like, I saw that as a challenge, and then, um, yeah, I think I enjoyed the teaching part of it more than, like, the actual practice of it uh because like you know getting woken up at two o'clock in the morning for somebody calling 911 that's not having an emergency like that you can only have like go through that so many times without it like um, becoming a problem so (laughs) uh I I, but I enjoyed teaching and I enjoyed uh you know like that aspect of it and it was just kind of like I found myself in the like the right place at the right time and swung for the fences whenever like an opportunity kind of presented itself like the school that I went to it was like a private school like 45 days before we were scheduled to graduate was like hey we're going out of business and three of the or four of the teachers that were at that school were like okay well we don't want to like leave all these guys high and dry so they like like we're going to start our own school and we're going to like try and carry everything over and so it was like this brand new school and it was like really exciting and so like as soon as I graduated I was like I'm just gonna like show up here every day and like do whatever because I like want to be involved and it was exciting so like I was at first I was like literally like doing construction like helping them build out in this little uh like business park like build out classrooms and put up drywall and wire it for internet and uh and then it was like okay well we'll also let you maybe like help with the emt class and i was like okay we'll let you teach the emt class and it was like okay we'll let you run the emt program and then it was uh and it just like kept kind of kept going and going and we grew it i think to the level that we could and we ended up getting an offer for somebody who owned a bunch of different types of schools bought us out and i had like an employment contract to work there for a year after it was bought out and then it was just like the timing of like my dad getting sick and everything else happening just kind of all lined up and i think i squeezed every every bit of enjoyment out of that industry that i could like i don't miss it at all so i mean yeah that doesn't
0: why why don't you miss it
1: um i think everybody nobody can like claim to say that they've seen it all but like i saw enough to last a lifetime like i i had enough of it to you know there's lots of messed up stuff and uh like I didn't even have kids at that bro I could there's no way I could do that job yeah with kids and it's like it's not it's not uh surprising that there's like a lot of mental health crises in the the that that industry and adjacent industries
0: and how did you deal with that while you were in it was it something you knew was really affecting you was like did you have to see a therapist or
1: yeah no you like uh you 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 know that everybody in that industry like kind of develops like a really dark sense of humor which kind of helps but you're trained to like not let it get to you and and I think the tools that you develop like by being exposed to that over and over again really do help protect you you know like you build these walls and and try not to like let yourself get close to anything that happens the issue runs into like when you retire and that's where a lot of the suicides happen and I think it's the same thing that you see in the military is like these you, these people are trained to do these jobs and they're trained to remove themselves from the humanity of what they're doing mm. and like we've gotten really good at training people to build those walls and we don't have any training to help people take them down and so what you do is like you end up retiring and you end up stop doing the job and you've built this castle around yourself to like make sure that you can't get hurt by seeing and doing the things that you do Uh, and then you're not doing those things anymore and you feel isolated from everybody
2: and everything. And unless you figure out a way to take those walls down, you usually don't do too well. Jeez. What? Yeah. So what were those
0: tools that helped you through? Was it literally just the exposure to it over and over? Or were there other things that they taught you or helped you or things that you learned along the way? to help get to that point.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's like, there's, I don't know that there's anything there. There's like a chapter in, in a EMT book or a chapter in a paramedic book that talks about like, you know,
2: trying to not get involved and to like, not take it personally, but in, in practice, it's really just like,
1: you know, you, you learn from your peers and you see like that, that it doesn't affect them and that, that like somebody cracks a joke about it and like, the, the things that are said would just like horrify regular people. Like when you just joke about people that die and, and like, you just see enough stuff that you like event, you just like become numb to it. Cause like, that's the only option. Yeah. The only option is to like not let it affect you or lose your mind. And, like yes. Some people do lose their minds, but they usually don't make it to the point where they're like doing the job. They usually lose their minds while they're in school or they just realize very quickly that it's not for them.
0: And so what was that wall taking down process like for you? Was that easy? Was that difficult? No, that
2: was, that was really difficult because uh, I was like, you know, starting a family and I was dealing, you know, my dad was dying of cancer. And so like, and
1: I was like dealing with the stress of like, oh, I got to go like start a new industry or start a new job and try to be successful there and try and support my family and then also deal with my dad dying and like my wife really quickly figured out this like she's like you have like one emotion and it was like anger it was just like if anything happened like if I was scared I was angry if like somebody did something like small that shouldn't upset me I'd I'd be super upset um and so part of it was like her helping me see that like my way of interacting with the world wasn't really a good thing. Um, (laughs) but it's like, yeah, I mean, it was just like really like her and like wanting to be better, to be a better husband, wanting to be better, to be a better dad. And like I, we both always kind of joke that like neither one of us ever thought we'd get married or like have kids and it's not for
2: the specific circumstances that we found ourselves in like. I don't know I, I don't think I would have ever been where I am, so it was really just like through her and like trying to work things out through
1: her and like you know we had the the, the issues and the differences that we had to try and find a way to work through.
0: What was that process like? Was it easy for you? Was it difficult? I mean not
1: yeah it was I mean it was like uh, it was it was hard, but it was nice to have somebody that was like
2: you know, that when we had that agreement that like, Hey, we're going to figure this out. And so, you know, you just have to have to like, I think having the agreement that like, Hey, we're going to figure out a way to make this work
1: beforehand means that like you can be as open or vulnerable as you need to be in the moment to, to figure out a way to fix it.
2: That's beautiful did
1: you have to go to like i'm so
0: mesmerized by people who just do it with themselves and their partner was there any point where you had to like have a professional therapist or anything like that I, or was this i
1: i i mean i'd been i I'd, I'd been to like therapy before usually as like a when you have certain incidents like you have to go to these critical incident stress debriefings or c i s d which is like you know whenever like an infant death or a child drowning or like when like it's just like certain events that are like okay yeah you doesn't matter if you want to or not you've got to go talk to somebody yeah this messed um, you up we know it <laughs> yeah so yeah part of it is like just exposure through that and then like just always wanting to read and always wanting to do better and yeah what would you read um like recently uh like jordan peterson's book uh you know 12 rules for or life and or you know what is it uh the
2: i think that's it to
1: chaos yeah yeah and and i have like a really
2: interesting enough like the, i think one of the most like there was like a turning point in our marriage and it was like when i found these personality tests
1: and it's called the uh the myers-briggs yep. personality test uh and i had taken a test at a uh a management retreat for for mercedes benz as a uh, part of being promoted to a sales manager for Mercedes like you had to go through this like thing it was like and it was like a week long uh, and they, they did a bunch of like different exercises and you know talked about team building and how to deal with stuff and one of the they, they had to take a personality test it wasn't a myers briggs but Um, that kind of like made me curious about like figuring out more about myself. I'd always been a really good at like kind of morphing into like whatever the situation called for. Like I kind of found a way to morph into fitting into the fire station. And I never went to the same school for like more than two years as a kid. So I was like really good at like, here's, here's another new school and a whole bunch of new people that you've never met. So you got to figure out a way to make friends. Um, but when I took that personality test, like, it opened my eyes a lot to like understanding the things that I was good at, the things I wasn't good at, why I reacted to certain things the way I did. Um, And it was like huge for my wife too, to read it and understand like, Oh, he's not an asshole. He's just like, (laughs) you know, he's just struggling with this specific thing. And then like when I had hers, uh, it was really helpful too. So,
0: do you recall your biggest surprise that you like learned about yourself
2: um, it was like uh
1: it, so I don't know if it was a surprise as much as it was just like a uh it's it's a really weird thing being told you're really smart your whole life wh- while also being presented with the fact that like you're really smart and you're super intelligent, but we're sitting here having this conversation because you're failing this class. Yeah. Like, it's just like a weird thing to be exposed to. And like, it made it probably made me feel like, well, something's not true. Yeah. I, either I'm, not, you know, like either I'm not actually smart and that's why I'm failing or I am smart. And I, I don't know why I can't like apply myself. And you know, my personality type just basically like, cannot, like I, and physically incapable of being interested by something that's not interesting to me. Yeah. And like, I don't do well in like jobs that are trivial in nature or like have have, like a lot of like menial tasks. And one of the things that the Myers-Briggs personality, and there's just certain 27 personalities, I think is what it is. Each one of the personality types has a personal hell. And, like, you can sometimes kind of find your personality. You can take a shortcut by finding your personality by reading the personal hells and figuring out which one makes your skin crawl. Nice. And for me, my personal hell is, like, I'm required to talk to, um, like, people all day about a completely uninteresting subject and collect data from these people in a completely inefficient and, uh, like, mind-numbing way. I'm getting so anxiety like, now. Yeah, yeah. So like, I have to talk to a bunch of people, and I have to like use this system that doesn't actually make any sense. So like, you know, immediately my head wants to explode because whenever I, have, I'm like really good at problem solving and I like developing systems and coming up with like the best ways to do things, uh, and so the opposite of that would literally make my, I'd just light my hair on fire.
0: So how would that? How is that aspect of your personality? brought to life in childhood because if you weren't applying yourself in school what did you care about what
1: was Um, there i played video games really yeah um not i mean i I did play like call of duty and stuff but i was uh i played like on uh mmorpgs like one of the first mmorpgs was ultima online and it was like a game that like that i played and i I mean i can't remember how old i was but
2: I, i had to be like know 10 to 13 or something i was playing it and like um like trying to figure that out
1: and like there was these private servers that like people would uh have and like i ended up like wanting to be a mod on one of those private servers and like building towns and like it was like i i had this weird fascination with certain parts of like being an adult interesting but but like it was it was just like my need to like, I wanted to problem solve. I wanted to figure stuff out and it, yeah, just, it, it uh, manifested in me not doing well in school, being in trouble a lot.
2: And, uh, yeah. Were you grounded a lot? Oh yeah. Constantly. Constantly. Like
1: a majority of my childhood. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing? What
0: were
2: you getting in trouble doing? Um, my I, 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 I guess I have to blame both of my parents, even though like what, you know my dad wasn't home all too
1: often, he traveled a lot for work. but like they, they just could not figure out what to do with me. Uh, and the best way to like get me to not do something is tell me that I have to do it. It's like,, yeah. uh, excuse <laughs> me, I don't have to do it. I just have to be okay with the consequences of not doing it um and so like uh, i mean i don't even it was just like everything i just got in trouble for like literally everything my my mom used to make me write uh like that was like the pun the only thing that she could figure like i would just have to write like i will behave and like i would get in trouble she's like you have to go write it 500 times and then it was like and then i'd be like really okay you yeah like i'm not gonna write that 500 times and she's like okay fine a thousand okay 1500 okay 2000 and it would just be like this war of wills yeah where we would just like bash heads um and so like i I mean i would just like get in trouble for everything and then i like got in trouble in school a couple times too i got i I got suspended a couple times when i was like younger were you fighting ditching class uh no i was like uh I i was taking bets on a school fight (laughs) <laughs> um i was
0: uh you were a bucky.
1: yeah i i uh like i threw a backpack at some girl <laughs> but what? like but but like not but it, it, it was because like she, her her and i like our thing was like we would we would be like mean to each other and like so like she was sitting in a chair and like i threw her backpack to her and like she caught it and i think it like knocked the wind out of her and like but like it turned in this whole thing. And I'm like, why does everybody like have their panties in a bunch over this? And like, I was getting sent to the office and, sh- and she like pointed at me and laughed at me as like I was leaving. And so like, she w- like, I may have like knocked the wind out of her when I threw her backpack to her, but she also like then hammed it up to get me in trouble. Yeah. Um, and then like, I, one of my friends was like working the, the ticket counter to sell the wristbands to go to like the, the dance or something. And like, I was effing with him. And so, like, I reached in and, like, grabbed a bunch of them. Like, not to steal them, but to, like, f with them. And, like, I, I like, threw them away. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't even trying to steal them. And I got in trouble for that. You know. I mean, I think just if just you throw, throw them away, it's, it's still stealing. No, it, for sure. Still steal, Still stealing. <laughs> and, like, in my head at the time, I was like, well, I wasn't stealing them. So, why, why am I getting in trouble for this? I was doing it to mess with him, Like, but, you know. Kids will be kids.
0: <laughs> and so, it was your so you never ended up like shaping up you just moved on to emt you moved out and that was your quote unquote shaping up
1: yeah yeah. i like I, at one point i remember getting into it like so bad with my parents and like my dad was like my best friend as an adult maybe not so much as a kid but like I remember like getting into my mom so much one time that i was like i'm moving out like i, I was like 16 or 17. I was like i'm moving out i don't care my friend said i can go live with him and like i was like just gonna j- go join the military like i wanted to do anything i could to get out and so thankfully my dad talked me off of the, that ledge um because i can't imagine I would have been done super well with the the strictness of like you have to follow orders because my head would have exploded Dude, you're gonna, <laughs> you to as soon as somebody told me to do something that was stupid um make me make me Yeah, exactly. So thankfully he talked me off of that ledge, but uh yeah, I was just like ready to go. I, I never really shaped up. And so I mean say. you still haven't. You're still just That's a troll. Right. Bro, I play video <laughs> games in a suit. Like I I'm and no I'm pants. A rebel. I'm a rebel without a cause.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful.
1: So okay, how
0: long are you working at this car dealership? And then how does streaming pop its head in there?
1: Um I
2: was in the auto industry for like seven years, I think, was in this, total. And was this mostly like, sales?
1: Yeah, from 2013 to yeah, like 2020. Um, you know, my dad had been, was in the auto industry. And so I kind of grew up around it. He was never in sales. Um, and when I got into the industry, he was like the general manager of an Audi store. Nice. So, and I went to work for a Mercedes store and I sold cars a little bit there
2: and like did well. Um, and then like wanted to, I, I,
1: but I want, I wanted to like work with him and like he was going through, still going through his cancer treatment at that point. And so he worked in Beverly Hills. I lived in Redlands, which was like 66 miles away. Oh yeah, that's not close. I drove in to Beverly Hills every day for, for like seven months. It was like, I was spending like eight hours in the car a day plus working. Yeah. It was madness. Um, but like I, because I wanted to work there and, uh, so I was a salesperson there and then, uh, I became a sales manager there and then, uh, yeah, I did really well in the, the, auto industry and then when my dad died I stayed in the auto industry for a little bit um
2: but like the the impetus to continue to like try and like kill it there wasn't as strong and
1: uh I'd been darkness429 is actually the first streamer I ever watched and like I watched him because I was getting up at the crack of dawn every morning to drive out to Beverly Hills and like, I would sit down at four o'clock in the morning, my time downstairs and just try and like screw my head on straight. And like his stream would be on, on Facebook. Nice. And so it was like the first streamer I watched. I, I hadn't really been into video games for a long time, but I would like watch him and pool shark play Fortnite, And, uh, I like realized, or I saw like how powerful it could be to become a part of somebody's routine. And then, uh, it, it, it like maybe was like planted in the back of my head. I was like, yeah, man, I like that'd be really cool to do that at some point. But like, I, I don't know that I ever really thought about doing it seriously. And then, um, in 2020, so that was probably like, I you don't know, 2016 or 2017 In 2020 when we were on vacation, I, we, we took like a little trip as a family. I got my wife to watch stone mountain. Nice. And he, and he was playing Tarkov and uh he had talked about pipeline a couple of times on stream and it it was like really like interesting to me because like there was like this huge gap between seeing something that like hey i want to try that and then not having any of the know-how like i didn't know anything i didn't know what discord was i didn't know what go was like, I didn't know any what OBS like not. So like there was this huge gap between like where I was and where I would need to be to actually start. And he was talking about pipeline. I showed up to my wife and said, Hey, this is something that I'm like, might want to try. And she was like, okay. And we talked about it. And I think, you know, our experience in problem solving together earlier in our marriage kind of allowed us to approach this as like, Hey, this is something I want to do. This is something what I, I think it would look like. Uh, and it ended up being like, we moved closer to work, but I would still get up early and I would stream for two hours before work and then I go to work all day. Uh, and it was like the only time I could be consistent because I knew that that was going to be something that was important. And uh, I wouldn't, it wouldn't cost me any time with the kids or with my wife. So she said, okay, yeah, let's, you, you know, try it. And I spent way too much money on yeah. getting everything together. Uh, but I I was fortunate enough to like the auto industry is one of the very few places that you don't need an education and you can do really well for yourself. Yeah. And so like, I could afford it. And uh, Corona or the COVID thing happened. And uh, like, I was still working in the auto industry, but I was like doing a different job that was just like kind of mind numbing. And um, I, I told my wife I was like, like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm le- I left one job and I was like, before I go start another job, like, I just want to see what this would be like if I tried it for like a full time. I, and I had been streaming for like a year at that point. And so I did that and like two months turned to four months and four months turned to six months. And then like, it was just like, I just kept not going back to work. So
2: that's so sick. Now we're
1: here. Yeah.
0: And of course I'm going to naturally backtrack because I'm so curious what in the auto industry, what about sales or whatever it is that you were doing allowed you to have that care, like what did you what were what was your mind interested in about that job that allowed you to do
2: that for so long um so i i think part of it was like you know there's there's probably like a deeper answer that had something to do with like wanting to like impress
1: my dad mm. but like there's also just like the the like i wanted to be a sales manager like i wanted to get promoted i wanted to do well uh, and just like the selling a car is a little like addicting too, like you get that
2: that high of like closing a deal, and um it's like a very it's like a very um in the same way that people get like addicted to gambling and like the
1: dopamine hits that you get from that, like the the auto industry was like surprisingly well fitted to like my dopamine my lack of dope, natural dopamine production or like yeah. my inability to produce dopamine by doing normal things and like having severe executive dysfunction, like the auto industry kind of like was like a weird symbiotic thing because like I could get that dopamine hit by like just like going and like selling the next car. And like when somebody like wouldn't want to talk to a customer cause they didn't think there was a car deal there. Like it would just make me like be like, okay, really watch this. I like loved it. I loved selling a car to somebody that none of the other salespeople wanted to talk to because they think that they felt like, oh, they can't afford a car or like really so many sales, so many salespeople are just like, you know, they might as well have a divining rod and like, you know, talk to a, a witch doctor about like, and they just think they can tell who is and who isn't gonna buy a car. And like, I just like always wanted to have like the highest closing ratio and, like, would want to sell the most number of cars just to prove to them, like, you're all idiots. You're all wrong. Yeah. Um, so, like, it was, I probably miss the auto industry more than I miss firefighting. Actually, I think I do. And I don't miss the auto industry at all. Yeah. But, like, I, I could see myself going back and selling a car before I could ever see myself going back and getting it on the fire truck again. So you were good at it? Yeah. Nice. Unfortunately, yeah.
0: Unf- why do you say Unfortunately.
1: It's just because it like uh, it kept me in there longer than mm. it really should have. And like all it did was like allow me to make more money than I should have made at, for like the amount of work that I was doing, which just translates to like poor financial decisions. Like interesting. It, the, the auto industry is you're just like surrounded by degenerates who like. Always want to have the newest car, and like everybody's like, you know, look at my watch and look at my shoes, and and you know, and so you just like are when you're surrounded by those people, you just like kind of like naturally, even if you don't want to, like you just naturally like I was driving a hundred fifty thousand dollar car because like I wanted to, and like that's what everybody else is doing, and like so it's just it like you just like naturally bloat like that, and so like we were just spending money. we're wasting money just burning money because like it it was always more and more coming in yeah so yeah and you mentioned should have a couple times what
0: what did you feel like you should have been doing otherwise like was there a was there something else that you had your eye on that like car staying in the car industry just like kept your attention and prevented you from seeking this like true thing you wanted
1: or uh no no it's just like you know, in our reality, I probably should have been medicated at some point in my life as a child, which is like why I didn't do well in school. Yeah. And if I had done one in school, I probably would have like gone and been a, like a particle physicist or something like, cause physics, I love that kind of stuff. Really? Um, yeah. 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 Like okay. I, I'm, I like watch the science channel for like, for not, not just like, oh, yeah, the science channel's on. It's like, Hey, the science channel's on like, uh, and like, oh, there's a new documentary about black holes.
2: Really? Like, you
1: know, oh Yeah yeah so um it's easy to say that sitting here with zero college credits to my name yeah you know and not having the the weight of like the work it would have taken to like get my doctorate in you know physics or something but you know in an alternate reality i I feel like that's probably what i would would have done but the car business didn't stop me from doing that
2: yeah
0: so what are chadwick's little nerdy interests because i did not know this i love this so much
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm I'm like an introvert by nature, like, big time. Uh, I've just like, done really well and like been in certain industries that have like, taught me how to, not seem like like I'm a well socialized introvert. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that like, bro, if I had to, if I, whenever I had to go to like an event for the auto industry or something, or or, like a dinner. Or or like, you know, a, a convention or like broke social anxiety through the roof, like crippling social anxiety. So like, I'd rather be sitting at home reading or, or, you know, learning about something or watching a documentary than, than than, going out. Even though when I do go out, everybody's like, oh, my God, you're so funny. And, 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 and I, can, I can stand up in front of a room of people and talk about anything. Yeah. But I, if you put me at a table <clears> of <throat> people I don't know. And I have to like tr- try and like get to know people. I, I, I just, it gives me anxiety. How do you push through? How do you work weird. through that? Oh, I just fake it. I just nice. like, yeah, when I was selling cars, I was like the first thing I struggled with was like, okay, I've got like, I've got to get out of my shell. I've got to be able to like go introduce myself. So I just created a character. Really? I was like, okay, just pretend like you're playing a car salesman in a TV show. And so like, and I just, I had hours to drive and I just got like really good at like answering any question that somebody was going to ask me. I already had the answer to. So like I, you know, leaned into my things that I'm good at, which is like developing a system. And I just like had like a really well oiled and like really well thought out process uh, of like, I knew exactly what questions I was going to ask. I knew what questions they were going to ask. And I would just like already have the answers baked out, which is why I was able to close as many people like as like, could and sell as many cars as I
2: did. Yeah. And it's because I just like had a process that I stuck to.
0: That's wild. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. So now we're a streamer. We're starting mm-hmm. streaming. Mm-hmm. What, like, what inspired? Because, of course, I want to know how you came up with the whole challenge aspect of everything. But, like, what was your introduction into streaming? Did you, I mean, of course, you went through pipelines. So I feel like you probably went into it a little bit more intelligently and with more intention than some others Mm. might. But like, yeah, what was that? What were your apprehensions? What were you nervous about? What, what was that process of creating this Chadwick that Uh, we see today?
1: Yeah. I mean like it, you know, I talked to my wife about like, Hey, this is something I want to do. And that was like in January. And I didn't I didn't stream for the first time until, like, May of that year. So, like, I got her approval, and, like, we were, like, ready to go, like, in January. But I didn't start streaming until May. And so, like, there was that four or five-month period where, like, I was kind of, like, crafting a little and, like, thinking about, like, what do I want to do? And I'd signed up for Pipeline in that January. Right. And so, like, it was, like, again, like, I signed up, but, like, I didn't start it until I felt like I kind of knew which direction I was going. And I was trying to figure out, okay, what, what's the name? And I kind of knew that it would have to be a little bit of a character. Or, or, or at least like a, a caricature of certain parts of my personality. And uh, I mean, for the f- first year, nobody watched. I mean, but like I told myself, and I told my wife, I was like, hey, th- this isn't going to happen overnight. And I want to do this for 500 streams before I ever consider like giving up or like thinking about it differently. So like I was mentally prepared to fail for three years or five hundred streams uh before I ever considered doing anything or, or stopping. And that's why I still number my streams and have episodes is because like that was my way of like tracking and I knew that like hey if if the number of people I had watching on the third Tuesday of February doesn't matter because I can't remember, then it shouldn't matter on that day either. And so like I just was interested plugging away and getting ready for the next episode um and like i didn't really have a a a niche i couldn't really answer the question like why somebody was watching it first i thought i had an answer and it for a long time was like every time somebody liked the stream i would call it out and i did that for a long time yeah like i was doing that even like when i was getting like a thousand likes on the stream and it just turned into like me reading the phone book um and like i would call people gosh dang superstars and like for, for a long time like that was the only reason that people were watching but it was like it was, like, my wife and, like, one of my mods. And, like, I just stuck at, like, six viewers for the longest time. And I sucked at the game. Were you really playing bad. COD? Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, COD's, like, really the only... I've played, like, a little bit of Tarkov. But, like, Call of Duty's the thing I've streamed the whole time, basically. Nice. Um, and I sucked. And, uh... But, like, I was getting better-ish. Uh, and I was struggling with like, I'd play by myself and I, I, my numbers would be a little bit better because I could hold a conversation with chat and then I'd like play with like, uh, you know, my, like I'd play with my brother sometimes, or I'd play with uh, other streamers and sometimes like they just like, didn't like, I couldn't be good, a good streamer and a good teammate. Mm. good at the game like i'd always have to like give up on one of them so it ended up like i wasn't paying attention to chat or i was being a bad teammate um and so like i just kept struggling and like i had joked a couple of times i was like man i wonder if you could like win a game without killing anybody like and it was just kind of like something that was that i was like interested in because of like the things like that's something i'm not supposed to do so i want to do it yeah nice. And so like kind of like on a whim one day I was like, you know what, like, let's try it. I was in like, I had died a bunch and I was like, God, I'm so sick of this game. And so I was like, you know what, I'll, we're going to try it. And I got my first no kill win on like the third attempt. But like, I noticed a couple of things. I was like, whoa, my, my, I'm holding way more viewership. And I realized it's cause I wasn't dying as much. Cause like when you die, mm, yeah, people it, turn it's, away. Like, it's just like, yeah. An, an it's such an easy exit. And so I was like, I realized like okay, I'm not dying. And I was like, I was doing some like funny commentary and we were talking and like, and I realized the end game was like really intense. And I, I got so lucky. Like my entire streaming career really hinged on the fact that I was able to get that win because like, I would not have a, attempted it again the next day. Really? I would not have. No. Well, cause like I, I would not, I would never really understood that like the challenge was the part that was keeping people interested. Mm, yeah. Like I thought it was cause I wasn't dying and which was that that a little bit but then it was like okay like that was interesting well let's find some other ways that I could play the game that I shouldn't and like I think the next challenge I did or the first official challenge I did was like the molasses mode where I had to you know use a super slow ADS gun and like as I did more and more challenges I realized like the longer the challenge went and like the more continuity that there was between streams like the easier it was for people to to, like, want to tune back in the next day and to not want to miss me completing the challenge. Um, so, like, I, you know, we went through a whole bunch of them and then I did, like, the no-kill solo duo and that took me 88 attempts, which was, like, that was, like, the first one that was, like, really, like, that took me a time because the no-kill win attempts are long. You make oh, it yeah. to the end game in most of them. So, like, 88 attempts is, like, that's pro- that's probably, like, 88 games that you're finishing at least 80% of the way through. So you're talking 20, 24 minutes. Yeah. Of like, so it was like a lot of time. It was like a couple of weeks of content. And like, I knew I could make something good out of that video. And it was like really the first video that I went all in on. And like, I spent like two weeks editing that video. I was so proud of it. Uh, and like, that was, I, I kind of feel like another kind of turning point. Uh, and that was like a video that stone had commented on and that kind of made it blow up and, uh, I got a lot of growth out of that. Yeah. And then like, just kind of figuring out the challenges was like a much better fit for me than trying to be sweaty.
0: Yeah. So figuring when you started streaming was the, I mean, of course, going through pipeline was the idea of offline content of VODs. Was that playing any part in what type of content you were wanting to create on stream.
1: Yeah. I, I was kind of like trying to learn how to edit a little bit at first, but it was like so daunting and it was like such a big thing. And I knew I had such a limited time every day that like, I was like really like kind of focused on trying to grow through the streaming portion of it. It's like, I like my brother helped me edit some videos at first and they were just kind of like clips but like i knew that none of that stuff was really going to take off so like but i still saw the the potential of like growing through streaming on facebook at the time and so like i was kind of in on that and then once i went full time that was like the first time i was like okay i need to like try and figure out this editing thing and and kind of started to learn that process you know and i've kind of put myself in a little bit of a trick bag now where like I've traded one job of like working all day and not having enough time for editing for streaming all day yeah. and not having the, the, like kind of the energy for editing sometimes. Um, and it's like so easy to just like kind of get into the routine of like, well, I'm just going to go live and like, I'll figure out what I'm going to do today. Instead of being a little bit more deliberate with, I'm going to go live because I want to get the footage for yeah this video or I'm going to do this challenge. So, that's that's something I still struggle with.
0: How do you how do you mitigate that? Of course, I know you say many times of hating Call of Duty. So what what like keeps you coming back and what keeps you inspired and driven to continue to create content on a game that's driving you nuts? Um,
1: it's a phenomenal question. <laughs> the fee- the fear of swapping games I think mm. it, it is probably just as big of a contributing factor as any any positive answer i could give to that yeah um i don't have you know like you've got to. sometimes you gotta be happy with the devil you know you know yeah. like yes call it warzone 2 is god awful uh, it's so bad and like literally like my blood pre- like it, <laughs> it's causing me physical harm to play that game yeah solos anyways like when i play with the shred squad it's a little bit easier because they just carry my ass everywhere and they're like so good it's stupid uh and and like my job is basically just to try and be funny sometimes and like every once in a while i'll kind of clutch something up and because it's so rare it becomes a big deal uh but like trying to play that game solo and without any challenges is i can just stab me Yeah, like, I literally would rather remove my eyeball with a spork from Taco Bell. Like, yeah, it's bad. Um, And, like, that's the other thing that challenges I've always kind of helped with is, like, it helps to keep you engaged in a different way with a game that, for other reasons, should be super frustrating.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: I don't remember what the original question was, but...
0: Just how you keep inspired to play that stupid game.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I think it's It's really just that, like, I don't have, my worst Call of Duty content is still going to be, it's still going to be a better than, like, a plan that I don't have. So, like, I, if I just go play another game for the sake of playing another game, uh, any respite I have, like, emotionally from not playing that game is going to be ruined by the fact that I'll know that, like, the content's not going to be very good. Or not as many people are gonna to wanna to watch. So like until I have a reason to stop playing Call of Duty, I probably just keep playing Call of Duty.
0: That's so interesting. As someone who created a way to make Call of Duty interesting individually, it's shocking to me that you in a way have I guess a self doubt about doing it for a different game. Like what right. what's preventing you from thinking of a challenge for I mean, of course, if we if we push aside the idea of just switching games, which in and of itself is I, it's same thing like it's right. one of the most stressful things you can do as a creator streamer, or whatever but yeah what what is the apprehension like do, are you not even inspired to create challenges for other games
1: uh well so like part of the reason that the challenges i think were as successful as they were is because the Warzone content was getting stale mm. um and so like it was it was a refreshing thing like people were sick of just like watching people get wins because like there, there was no nukes there was and it was Just kind of like more of the same. So the challenges were this kind of like refreshing thing. And so many of the people that were coming back every day was like, well, what's today's challenge going to be? And like, how the hell do you come up with these things? And so like, that's another reason why the challenges I haven't been super gung-ho about them in Warzone 2 is because when you have a new game, you know, when a brand new game comes out, it's exciting just to play the game. Like just playing the game is exciting or or is riveting enough. If I'm trying to come up with these wacky goofball ways of like playing the game that like not everybody's sick of playing yet, it's not going to be as engaging. So it, it is a little bit of a trick bag because sometimes you kind of need to suck in order to like have the, the draw for the challenges. Um, and I and like I've thought about you could do that type of challenge content in other games and in other places as well um I'm wrestling a little bit with the fact that like I've wasted so much content that never turns into a VOD Mm. that like I'm I'm hesitant because like my natural instinct would be just be like yeah whatever like I'll I'll, it's fine but like I don't want to waste any more content so like if I do go do something else like I don't have that The chops necessarily to keep up with the editing yet. Like, I'm still trying to get myself back into the swing of like editing more frequently and editing more often and holding myself accountable for editing the same way that I did with streaming. Like, I did not miss a stream like ever. Like, I think the first streams I missed was like when I had to evacuate for a wildfire, I missed like two days. Yeah. And then when I got the coronavirus, I missed like two weeks. Uh, but like, those were like, I just don't miss streams. So, like, until I can get myself to that level of accountability with editing. I don't want to burn more ideas or like burn more content on stuff that's only going to be alive for 6 hours on one day.
2: That's Oh, I get
0: that. That makes sense. And what when, you edit your own stuff still? Yeah. Is there are you, if you don't mind me asking, would you be in a position to get an editor or something like that and you just do you like having that control?
1: So, like, I've been in, like, I've paid an editor before, and, like, the videos that I put out are okay. Yeah.
2: And, like, did okay. um, But, like, you know, so much of, like, when I sit down to edit, I don't necessarily know exactly what I'm editing.
1: Like, I, I know I have a moment that is, like, I can make something out of this but like, I don't always know what I want that to be or what it's going to be until I start kind of messing with it. Like my the zero kill win video where I like edited it as like a Guy Ritchie thing nice. and like did, did like a lot of the same types of like cutaways and music and everything. Like I didn't know that that was going to be what I was going to do when I sat down, like as I was doing it and like making my way through footage, you know, I had 88 games worth of footage to try and yeah. Use which is like it, it's like an impossible amount of stuff to edit through. So like I had to find a way to like find usable stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll do it as like a step. So okay, here's step one, two, three, four, five, whatever it is. Could you walk us and, through what that was? Yeah. So it was like uh like the the when I started at and like if I could go back now, I would edit it completely differently now, which is interesting based off of what I've learned maybe not completely differently, but I do different things. Like with Facebook, it's important to, um, like Facebook is kind of like a text dominate. Like you only see the title of what you're watching. And sometimes that's kind of like the hook. And then the video you need like that three, five or 15 second hook. And then you kind of like go into the video. It's like, I had the beginning where it was like me celebrating that win. Uh, because like I hadn't reached the point where I was comfortable enough to like record like a voiceover or like, which is weird, which is like, I go live every day and like with no script, no nothing. But like you put me in front of like a script and it's like, I got to read it down. I'm like, God, I sound like an
2: idiot. Like, why did I say it like that?
1: So like, I just, I captured that moment. And then it was like, step one was like, and then I just kind of like walked through what my routine was of like finding all of the equipment I needed and like, the uh like there was that whole segment of like the montage of like if you don't move they can't see you.
2: And which was like gold content and like I could have done so much more with that. Um and then like the end was just like the last whatever it was last two minutes
1: of like the game that i won and like their death comms which were like so salty but like the video performed really well and like held attention really well it didn't do well on youtube because i didn't have a good thumbnail and like youtube is still this kind of like 900 pound beast that i'm
2: like in the process of like mapping out the bites that i want to take as i take them nice um but like
1: i uh working with like an editor or something, like it would have to be the right person because like it would have to be somebody that is okay. Like getting on the phone with me, like and demanding like, Hey bro, I got to edit this video. So like, you've got to like make, you gotta sit through this with me. Cause like, I'll just put it off and I'd like, I'd be like, Oh, I don't have the exact idea yet. And it's like, no bro, just shut up and sit down with me and like, look, let's go through what do you want this to look like? And for me to like, be able to like kind of figure out the idea and just spit it out. Cause like I'll, sometimes I'll edit the video in my brain and then like I've solved the problem. And so like the dopamine or like the drive to actually then go edit the video like starts to evaporate. So like if I don't jump on it right away or if I don't figure it out while I'm doing it, sometimes it just kind of like floats off into the ether.
2: Which is a bummer. That's by far away
1: like my biggest, the, the gaping weakness in my character and like my routine and like the thing that I'm hardest on myself about is that like I I just like waste so much good stuff. Why piss it away.
0: Why do you say that?
1: What uh, do you waste? Like videos. Like like I'll have like videos that like I know I I've like edited ninety percent of a video before and then like lost interest in finishing it. Interesting. Yeah. And like I can convince myself that it's like not worth finishing, even though like putting it out and like learning from it every time I put a video, I'm like, oh, God, thank God I finished that or like and then like I can learn from it and it does well. Um, Or it doesn't do well. And like that doesn't even bother me. Like if a video fails, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I put so much effort into this uh, this video that I did. Uh, It was a short uh, and it kind of played off of the like, if you don't move, they can't see you. And, like, I put so much effort into it, and it, was, it ended up being a little bit too high level. But, like, I made it so that it was, like, you know, I got to test the new perk coming to Warzone 2. And I called it the Jurassic perk.
0: Oh my. And, like, I,
1: ma- I, I, like, went into Photoshop, and I made the emblem of, like, what the perk would be. And it was, like, the, the T-Rex dinosaur from the logo of Jurassic Park. And it was, like, the perk was that if you don't move, you go invisible. And I had all this footage of me not moving and people just walking right past me. And like some people kind of caught on to it. And the, the, the point of it was that people would be like, Oh my God, this is so dumb. Why would they put this in the game? Yeah. But like, I think it, I just, I made it a little too high level. I like, I didn't, I like waited for the, the the punchline of it a little too long, but like, I spent so much time on it. And I was like, so proud of I love. I still love that short, but it like didn't do well. My expectations for it were way higher. And like, it doesn't, that doesn't bother me at all. I'll put failures out all day. It's just that like, if I put everything I could into it and it fails, then it doesn't bother me. If I, if I kind of put time and effort into something and then it goes well, I'm like, God, I could have been, so, I froze my camera. It could have yep, been so much better that. if, if <laughs> I just done it better. Uh, like it, it would have gone so much better. Uh, and so like that'll, that'll piss me off more than a failure that I worked as hard as I could on, which is wild.
0: So where does the joy in the process come from?
1: Um, holding myself accountable to like do it and then actually doing it and then like coming out with something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's good. Just just feeling like I put out something that was good.
0: Interesting. So you are in a way you are a the effort you put is how you sort of feel about it.
1: Right. That- if, if I feel like I put out the best version of it or yeah. like if if I feel like I got all the juice out of it,
2: then like the result is, you know. The result, oh, the result, not ir- it's, it's not irrelevant. It's just like, oh, well, that's
1: this is like when I play poker, I'm not trying to win money. I'm trying to make good decisions and like the byproduct of good decisions is money. So like if I make the right decision and I get sucked out on on the river, somebody like like draws out like I made them pay through the teeth to get to the river for a flush draw and they hit the flood like I'm not mad like why would I care like I made the right decision I'll win in the long run so it's like this is like the same way with editing as long as I made the right decisions I did the right things then like the satisfaction's there for me even if the result maybe doesn't match
2: that's
0: wild so would you say that for a lot of things you have this mindset of more of the effort more of the action as opposed to the result
1: yeah no that's i mean like it it, positives and negatives like that's the thing that also let me fail at streaming without having it bother me at all yeah that's what let me stream to six people for a year before i figured anything out because like i knew that it was just gonna like it would just take time
0: that was that always a mindset you've sort of had or was that something you cultivated as you got older
1: now that was something i actually figured out in sales like that was something that i used to like manage my mindset because like it's hard to uh learn no or to like hear no yeah for a lot of people um and for the people that it like you know when a salesperson like doesn't care about hearing no they also don't really care how they hear a yes so they usually do mm. some unsavory things to like get somebody to say yes. Um, versus me, like I, at first I would like take it personal that like I would get a no or like I'd be afraid to like get on the phone because I'd be afraid of like the rejection. And so like I practiced like getting rejection. Nice. Um, and like I would I would call the Sirius XM. You know how like when you get a new car, Sirius XM calls you. Yeah. And they like hound you because you're like your thing is over. Like every time they'd call me, I'd pick up and then I would call them and I would just try and get as much information about the person on the other line as I could without like talking about serious satellite radio. And so like, I would just like learn to have a conversation with somebody that's not trying to have a conversation with me, but it's also a captive audience. Like if they've got somebody on the phone, they're not going to let them go. So like I would practice that. And then I started like, I, I built this like flow chart where it was just like, okay, if I want to sell 20 cars, that means I've got to, write up this many people and then i've got to test drive this many people which means i got to talk to this many people and every no was just like oh thank god i got that no out of the way because that's just one more closer to your yes yeah one more thing closer to my yes
0: holy hell and was that was that taught to you by anyone there or that was just what you figured out yourself
1: yeah i was just like i don't want to figure it out myself there like the the numbers like i i you know there was like these standards in the auto industry of like you know you talk to four people you test drive three of them you you know, write up two of them and then you sell one of them. Like that's not, I didn't make up that, but uh, like we're kind of reverse engineering my way into that. And then like looking forward to knows that was just something I figured out.
0: That's in, that might be one of the most interesting perspectives, especially going into streaming that I have ever heard because I feel so many, I mean, we all give a shit about numbers. And right. so to be able to distance yourself from that, what, kept you going i mean obviously the process but what was it about streaming that
2: kept you kept you that driven uh like i so like i think a lot of people
1: you know like imposter syndrome is something that's like really prevalent in uh, in every industry but like it's usually highlighted in
2: an industry like ours yeah um So like, it's this weird It's this weird, like opposite imposter syndrome, it, where it's like, I convince myself that I can
1: do it, so that any evidence that presents itself that says, "I can't," like, is irrelevant. So like, I, like, that's probably what I was doing in the four months between talking to my wife about it and actually starting was like convincing myself that like hey if 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 i do this and i put in the work and i you know do the right things like i'll i'll make it but like i've got to do i've just got to do the right things and so like i had that number in mind we're like okay well i got to fail 500 times
2: to get to to make it uh and so like i just kept failing shit
0: oh i'm going to have to write that down cuz i hate failing so much yeah why do you hate it? I like being good at things. I like success. I think that's it. Like I've, I've always been, my friends joke, like most athletic endeavors, most things I can be very good at relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I think I got very attached to that. Yeah. To just the accomplishment of it. And I know that even when I was younger, a big part of my mother's support of me was like, just do your sports, be be athletic, get good grades. I, I realized that a lot of it, it wasn't the effort that I put in. It was almost the result that got me the most affection, love, whatever that was. And that's one of the things I've been thinking about in recent, that's like one of the biggest inspirations I had to start the podcast again was sitting back and scrolling TikTok and seeing all these clips of other people doing podcasts and being like, dude, why the fuck am I not a podcaster? Like what, what the hell? And I'm like, Oh, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not actually putting out episodes. I'm not actually reaching out to friends, other streamers that I've never talked to before to like have these conversations and just realizing, yeah, more and more that it's literally so many people who find success Of course, there's going to be outliers. There's going to be the people that are properly talented, whatever. But so much of success is literally just not giving up. Right. And you can't be successful at something if you stop doing it, if you stop working towards it, if you don't put the effort into it. And yeah, I think there's also the part of me that, again, has been good at things. So it's like I I haven't really had to put in a lot of effort for things because I've just been inherently good at it. I was inherently good at bartending, volleyball, football, like all these other things. And yeah, just realizing that you can't is privileged as it sounds to realize, but like you just can't get everything. You actually have to work hard for shit. You have to, yeah, struggle. And I think that, yeah, that was probably the hardest part uh, to become comfortable with.
1: It's not worth having if you don't have to work for it, right? Because like bartending, not fulfilling, or or like playing sports is like, yeah, I can like just pick up the basketball or football or the whatever, and like if you're good at it, like then it's only the result that matters yeah. because like th- there's, there's no sweat or blood or tears or anything that, that that go into it. So like it ends up not being worth it. There's a reason that rich yeah. kids don't value money. Yeah. Like cause they don't have to, to work for it. And so like the failure is the thing like, and it's not failure if it's part of the plan. And like there was a couple of people from my community that were like, there's been so many people from my community that have like gotten into, gotten into streaming. Yep. And like, a couple of them wanted to do a podcast. And they're they like, yeah, do you, do you want to be on it? And I think I did do it. I th- I'm pretty sure I did. I have such a terrible memory for like events, but um, I did do it. And then like, they were talking about like, oh yeah, we're not going to give up. And I said, listen, that motivation, I promise you was going to fade. Oh yeah. And like motivation is not, is is an emotion and like emotions change so like if all you're relying on is feeling is like waiting until you feel like you can do it or like you're relying on the motivation to keep doing it then like it's you you guys aren't going to do it and so I like I try to get them to make a commitment to me it's like okay well how many failed episodes of this podcast are you guys willing to do uh before you like give up and, and they just kept saying, well, we're not going to give up. We're having fun. We're enjoying it. I said, okay, yeah, but like how many of these, like, are you guys willing to do before you would say, consi-? and like, they wouldn't give me an answer and like, spoiler alert, they're not doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean. And so, and so like, and unless you're willing to like define the parameters and like, what's the acceptable amount of failure that I'm willing to have before I consider like doing it. And so like, if you want to do podcasts, like you're great at talking to people and like great interview questions like kept the conversation going you got me talking about myself which i don't like to do
0: i know that's why i was so thankful you said yes
1: yeah (laughs) sorry you've got to ask yourself okay like how many of these am i willing to do yeah like bro podcasting is blowing up if you look at tiktok and everything just like the clips yep of, of everything and now there's that new adobe premiere thing the ai thing that will cut up a podcast like automatically like it'll edit a podcast and like change your camera angles and like cut out the dead space automatically it's bananas okay i need to look that up (laughs) yeah you gotta look that up immediately um but like you gotta you gotta define if it's so easy for us to define what success looks like yeah but everybody skips the step of like okay well how much failure am i willing to to take in order to build that success that's that's so true because
0: i think that and that's Yeah, I know for me, I I think the challenging aspect was I also happened to enjoy all of the extremely hard work that being physical, like, I had to do. Like, the only Mm -hmm. reason I continued to play football throughout my senior year was I loved lifting weights. Like, if there was no weightlifting, I would have quit, hands down. Like, I loved physically pushing myself, and so I think this is, yeah, having to, like, intellectually push myself is different. But I love that idea of how much are you willing to fail because everyone, especially when it comes to being an actor or whatever out in LA, you see everyone on the red carpet, you see them in movies and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to do that until Mm -hmm. you realize how much rejection, how much shit you have to put yourself through just to get five seconds on a screen. And who knows you could have been on a set for an entire week and your shit gets cut out. If you don't love that process of acting you don't get to decide whether you're in the final cut of the movie or not, how much you're in the final cut of the movie. And so if your entire thing is that success of seeing yourself on screen, you're not even guaranteed for that. And so it's interesting. You're pointing out and making me think out in different areas. Like I'm so comfortable with rejection. I'm so comfortable having an audition and where, when I first started acting, it would be, oh my gosh, all right, checking my email. Did I get a reply? Did I get a, did I get a, call back did i get a call back did i get a call back now it's like i send it and if i get a call back awesome that's great i have right. completely forgotten about the fact that i had put that out there because it's not about the result it's about doing that and loving the process of auditioning loving the process of getting a script breaking it down and everything that goes into it so yeah if you if you don't find a way to fall in love with the process with whatever the hell it is you're doing you're going to be struggling a lot when that motivation fades or when there's downturns in your stream or business or whatever it might be.
1: So that's. Yeah. Because like, guess what? Like the person who's walking on the red carpet is also having thoughts of like, well, why aren't, why isn't everybody taking pictures of me? And, And not, not in like a weird, like narcissistic way, but in like a, well, that guy in front of me, like everybody went crazy for him. And like, now there's like not really people going crazy for me. And when I, I went to the, the last of us premiere for with, with Facebook. And like, there was like so many people that like were walking on the red carpet, but like nobody was like trying to take pictures of them or trying to like ask him for selfies. And it's like, bro, that's, that's, that's hard. And it's the same thing with streaming. Like I, I've had 400 CCV and I, and I've had 40 CCV and everything in between. I've gone up and I've gone down. And if like your version of success is like, okay, well how many people are watching right now? then like you're you're gonna constantly be chasing the numbers. Like and yeah. Stone talked about it too. He's like, well you think it's easy to go from having ten thousand people watching you to six thousand people or to go from six thousand people to, to watching to, to two thousand people watching. Like it's it's all relative, right? Like I remember saying like bro if I could just get to thirty viewers, mm. I'd feel like I, I'd feel like that was it. And then like I got to 30 and it's like yeah but like the real numbers
2: Difty, yeah, yeah. You know?
1: And but like, but like for real, like I'm not even gonna say it out loud, but it's really a hundred. Like if I had a hundred people, and then like, and then you get to that point, and it's like if 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 I look and I only have a hundred people watching, I'm like, oh god, what happened? So it's like, yeah. it's all relative. And like Stone feels that same thing. Doctor Disrespect feels that same thing because he t- tweets out like, man, I really love playing Escape from Tarkov, except for that the fact that my CCV sucks while I'm watching it, and he's got seventeen thousand people watching him. Yeah. So it's just listen it's all relative. So I've started tricking myself into saying like, okay, yeah, I've got 170 people watching, but like if it was 1700, what would I feel? And like, so I just say like, I just multiply my CCV by 10 and then be like, okay, well then like I could have 2,900 people watching or 290, but I've got like 170. And if I'm upset at 170, would I be upset at 1700? If I had been at 2,900 earlier, because like, guess it's like the, The external factors aren't the problem. It's the internal interpretation and like adding value to those things that is not commensurate with reality. So, what do you use to define success? Like, what, Uh, yeah, what keeps you going? So, like, I'll, if I have like a good stream or a good video and like I didn't do, good or like i feel like i didn't do good or i didn't put time or effort into it that's unfulfilling okay like um and i try not to i try not to watch my ccv for a long time i there was no way for me to see my ccv at all nice. like I, I didn't even have that screen up at all because like the no good can come from that information yeah either like uh, either you see like wow that's way more people than i thought there was and then you start acting different or it's less people than you thought it was going to be. And then you start acting different. And then you're spending time trying to like balance this barometer that by the way, you have zero control over. So it's like you, you, it's the same thing that like a dog does to get a treat. Like your dog might think that they have to like boop their food bowl or your cat might think he has to like purr on you a certain way to get his treat. When in reality, like there's no correlation between the things that he's like, he's going to get a treat anyways. He doesn't know that. Yeah. Or like, no matter what he does, he's not going to get a treat. He doesn't know that. So, like, there's just certain things that are out of your control where like, if you think your behavior in the moment can really have that great of an effect on the CCV, then like you're going to constantly be trying to get a treat that like isn't guaranteed. You don't actually have yeah, control over doing versus like, if you are like, I just want to make good content or I'm going to be myself or I'm going to be authentic, whatever your, your shtick is then like that will happen automatically. Or, 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 you know, the results will come if the process is sound. And so, like, I feel fulfilled when I, like, have a plan. It's like, okay, here's the challenge I'm going to do. Or here's here's what I'm going to try today. And even if it doesn't work, I feel good because it's like I had a plan and I, and I went with it. Nice. My natural ability to, like, problem solve in real time also puts me in, like, this trick bag where, like, I'm, I'm okay just winging it and, like, I'll figure it out. But, like, it's not as fulfilling as, like, having a plan and, like, here's what I'm going to do or here's, what's going to be different and here's, what's going to be exciting. And that's one of the things that I want to get better at, you know?
0: So then what, so then at the end of the day, what are you looking at? At the end of a stream or at the end of a stream week, what are you looking at either within yourself, metric wise, whatever to
2: feel successful, to feel good? Um, yeah, there, there's the nut, the, the numbers like like right now or like this this week
1: uh last two weeks i'd say like the numbers on facebook have been really good and like for whatever reason like i'm getting reach and like there's a bunch of people not watching or like not following that are watching which is new but like that that's a cool byproduct but like i don't i don't feel like i'm doing anything different to get that i and that like my wife even asked me like, Oh my God, the numbers have been so good. Like, what are you doing differently? I said, I'm not doing anything differently. Like it, there's just like something has changed in the algorithm or, or, or some, something hit or connected somewhere that like, there's something coming in. But like, I try very hard to not, if I'm looking at numbers or I'm analyzing numbers, it's cause I just, I, I'm like looking for trends yeah, and I'm just
2: looking for like, okay. Like is the thing that I'm doing working it, or is like, is this,
1: uh, you know, this challenge, whatever it is, is like, is this something that is working? And like when the industry is going through as much change as it is right now, it's so hard to be able to, to differentiate the noise from the data. So like, I'm trying not to like rock the boat too much right now because there's so much change going on and there's so much consolidation and people leaving platforms and, and going on to new platforms and, um, so, like I'm just trying to be as consistent as I can in the things that I'm doing, knowing that like the next phase for me is really focusing on youtube and and getting more and more into editing and and thumbnails and such so it's still just as long as you're
0: sticking with your content sticking, having a plan,
1: you're good is yeah, that I'm, like I, is- I know I'm still wait like I'm not growing you know I went from like whatever, 6,000 6, followers to to 60,000 followers in, like, a few months. And then, like, and over the next year, I went from, like, 60, whatever it was, to 72,000. Like, my growth slowed down a lot, but, like, I had said from the beginning, like, growth is not linear. Yeah. Uh, like, it not only comes in waves, but, like, the, it, you'll have these huge ups, and then, like, absolutely nothing will happen for a long time. And, like, part of that is, like, okay, I have to, like, now get better at entertaining the number of people I have watching me before I'm ready to like start bringing in new. Uh, And like whenever I feel myself spinning out or comparing myself to somebody else or looking at the the amount of viewers that somebody else has, I just have to ask myself like, okay, so like if that person, if I had 5,000 viewers right now, like what would I be, what would I do to keep them all here? And like, I, I know that like, Hey, I'm probably, I'm not ready for that. I, I, I would try and you know, whatever, but like, if I would all of a sudden start acting differently because there's 5,000 people watching me versus 500, then I'm not ready for 5,000 people. And so like, I have to be like, I have to be the best streamer for 200 people that I can be so that I can be ready to be the best streamer I can for 500 people because like, they're not the same thing. And there's like these, these, you know, you can be a, a, a small little streamer. You can be a big little streamer you can be like a small big streamer or you can be like a big, big streamer. Yeah. Right. So like there's, it like there's these phases and, and like, I'm just in the throes of like this phase of creation and knowing that like, okay, in order to move on to the next step, like I have to be doing different things that I'm doing. And like, I know that in order for that to happen, like I have to start doing those different things. So do you, can you name what
0: would make you feel ready for 5,000? Like, what are those things that you're trying to work on within yourself to get to that point?
1: Like, like right now, like the, with like the, the CCVs that I have, it's still, you know, like I, I can't interact with everybody. Um, but like so much of the stream is still like interaction based and, you know, like I have you know, like the the days where I get to play with the shred squad are different than like
2: the days when I play by myself. And so like, I'm still just trying to like, learn to like, enjoy those parts of it. Because like, um, in order
1: to have like 5000 people there, like you can't wing it as much, I don't think Or I wouldn't be able to, to wing it as much. And so like I'm I'm still in the process of like deciding or figuring out like what that looks like and the I don't know exactly what it looks like because I haven't done the
2: things that get me there yet like um the, the challenges are the thing that brought me
1: the CCV and and the community that I have now and so like being really good at the challenges and like being ready to do those every day are the thing that like got me there. And like, that's one of the things that is a struggle is like the things that you did before aren't always going to be the things that you do in the future. Yeah. And so like, you know, I've had some characters like baby chat. I don't really do anymore because like, um, it's not that I don't want to do them anymore as much as the number of people that were there for him in the beginning. And like that, that have these like memories associated with them aren't, the same all the same people that are gonna be there today and the way that I do that character today wouldn't be the same as it was back then and so like it's gonna miss for the people that want it and it's gonna miss for the people that weren't there for it because like it's not so like there's just certain parts of the content that I have to be okay like not everybody's gonna be there for the entire journey yeah both community wise and you know content wise so you just kind of have to be okay Letting it go. So I don't know exactly what it's going to look like to have 5,000 concurrent viewers, but in the same way that I convinced myself at the beginning, like if I do these things, I can make it. Like I know I'll get there eventually. Oh yeah. I just have to like figure out what that looks like.
0: And you had mentioned when you start that you, since you haven't gotten to 5K, you don't have a plan for 5K. But how does one create the plan when you haven't gotten there yet? As someone who loves to have the plan.
1: Right. So like the you you write down 100 ideas so like over here is a, a whiteboard that you, you can't see. But like <laughs> uh, you, you write down 100 ideas and you try them all Nice, and because like the the challenges like that's what that was. That was like my initial list of challenges was like literally came from like one night of me sitting there for like two and a half hours and just like thinking of all the craziest ways that I could like play the game. And some of them worked and, and like some of them didn't. And I'm in that period of like trying to figure out like, am I going to keep doing these challenges or am I going to start working on something else? And like, I'm starting to work on something else because
2: I don't, I don't see a path forward for the challenges to, you know, you can't be so sure of what you want that you pass up on something better. Yeah. So, like, the challenges have gotten me where,
1: where I am, yeah. and I could continue down that path. But, like, I don't know if that's, like, I don't really know if that's the, the, the path I want to go down.
0: Are you able to talk about the other thing or no? Is yeah,
1: something- not, I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't. So, like, I have I, ev- almost everything I've always done has been, like, I take a product that exists in the stream, and I cut it up into a VOD and like or, or a video i make a video out of it and like i can spend a lot of time on it but like i'm always beholden to what already exists and like i gotta try and like force it in to be what i want it to be and so like as i'm making it i'm trying to mold it and like i've gotten really good at, at like different ways of like kind of like cheating that like i record my voice separately from like the game audio so like if i need to speed up there's like a a a lull in me talking but there's not a lull in the action i can cut the camera uh in in a way that like makes it look like the the action doesn't stop but like my talking like i'll cut out the part that i don't want to be in there but it looks like nothing changes it doesn't look like it's edited because the action keeps going
2: interesting
1: Um, or like i can turn up my voice on a certain part because it gets too loud or or I can turn down the uh, the the game in a certain part because it gets too loud without messing anything else up. But it's just, like, a way that I've had to, like, adapt to, I've got to take this thing that's already happened and try and mix it into something that's different. And n- neither one of those things know about the, the, each other. Yeah. Like, the 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 version of Chadwick that was there streaming doesn't know necessarily what the VOD is going to be like. So I don't always know the right thing to say or the right thing to do or like, you know, you, and you get better at trying to like make the moment and like seize opportunities. But in in all reality, like I want to try and move more towards like, um, like I've started writing scripts for videos. Uh, and so like I have a video that like the back to the future challenge I did where like I wrote like the whole script, I recorded the voiceover. The video is like 90% done. Nice. Like I, did th- I did the thumbnail before I started, but like I'm, I've lost interest in the video. Like, yeah. so like the next video that I'm doing again, I wrote the script and it's like something that I've never, I've always told myself why I don't really want to do those kind of videos, uh, which is like uh, win more, win more Warzone games by doing these five things. Yeah. It's the, the video that I'm working on right now. And it's like, I wrote the script and like, here are the five things that you got to do. And I, I'm now I'm still trying to figure out like, okay, well I've got the script, but I still have to find the B roll footage to like mix in there. So I'm learning that process now too, but I'm trying to do something different in terms of like that now, instead of taking something that exists and trying to mold it into something different, I'm starting with the idea and then like, okay. Now I got to go get that footage.
0: That is so strange because I know when I, granted I don't do my own editing, but when I go on, of course, you know, in, if from your perspective, you're going in with the idea of doing a challenge. I know I'm going in with the idea of just using knives only. So it's like, I know I'm going to send my editors the footage of just my knives and that's going to, that's what the topic of the video is. But it's so interesting Mm -hmm. to think that you could know what the video is about and not, know how it's going to happen like that that's so interesting especially because you are doing these challenges that can end in you could have one video that's going to be four games worth of stuff and then you can have like what do you do with the with the challenges that go on for two three hundred tries
1: well that that's the part that i've learned right like when trying to edit the 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 no kill win challenge or the gun like the gun game challenge was like the magnum opus of my challenges, but it was impossible to make into a video yeah. because it was 388 attempts. And so, like, I, I my memory is like I basically have. I always use the analogy of like a computer. Like I have like a really strong processor, but I have like no memory. So like the, <laughs> nice. the amount of stuff I can like keep in like my head is very limited I can work on any problem and like. D- d- dive head first but like i will forget about something almost immediately as soon as it's like out of eyesight which is why like i gotta have a whiteboard of things that like i write down so i'll be like oh man that's such a great idea i'll never forget that and then 47 minutes later i'm like bro what was that idea i had if i had a dollar and like, I, yeah i can't remember it so like uh the challenges one of the reasons i'm thinking about kind of like departing from them is that they are perfect live entertainment they're horrible for trying to make VODs most of them or at least in the way that I would want to do them they're horrible for making VODs because of the type of person I am and like the amount of data that is created in order to complete a challenge I don't have the bandwidth to edit that
2: properly so like something's got to give and I've tried the thing where I hire an editor but like that doesn't
1: really work for me. So you're also going to
0: have them go through 4,000
1: hours of footage, which they can't do. Yeah. And so like, I have to like, I have to go through the process of like cutting it out. And it's like at that point, well, bro, if I'm going to put in the time to cut it, like, and like, see all the footage and see everything that happens. It's like, well, okay, well then I might as well just edit it myself because if I've taken the time to cut it, that means that I've taken the time to like, I now have an idea of what I want the video to be. Yeah. And when it's going to be anything other than that idea, I'm going to be disappointed. And I'm, I, I don't have the ability to like properly manage somebody and tell them exactly what my vision
2: is. So like, I'm screwed either way. Right. (laughs) Dude. That's beautiful, man.
0: I like, I I got, I got nothing else. That's so, this is so beautiful giving me so much. I guess. What do you? That's because I was just about to say so much motivation. How? So huh. yeah. When the motivation f- fails, you're just back to the process, like just trusting yeah. the process.
1: Bro, do the, the the numbering my episodes like there's so much like that was like the simplest way to hold myself accountable, and like always like moving towards the next milestone of like okay, 1,100 episodes is the next milestone i think i'm on episode 1061 i was just about to ask Um, damn dude yeah and like it's it's such a cool it's always cool because it like at the end of the day it always gives me perspective and like i'd have no idea what my ccv was for episode 664 i have no idea what my ccv was for episode 250 because like at the end of the day that doesn't matter like that is not a measurement that matters so that kind of allows gives me the distance to like okay even if today's stream isn't good, like it's okay. Cause in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter as long as I'm continuing to push in the direction that I need to push. So like, don't rely on motivation. F- figure out a way to, to, to hold yourself accountable for the, the level of failure that is acceptable. Cause at the end of the day, if I could, if I streamed a thousand episodes and I still hadn't figured it out, then it would probably be like, okay, I need to like, do I love this enough to continue to donate two hours of my time every day? Yeah. Or is there something else that I can look at? And at that point it's like, okay, after a thousand episodes, like if I haven't figured it out now, then I'd probably be okay. Like saying like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. Cause that's put in 2000 hours. Yeah. If you, if you like podcasting and, and like you want to do this, then you've got to like say like, okay, well what's the, what's the level of, a failure that's acceptable Yeah, to build the, the thing.
2: That's beautiful.
0: I feel like I'm sitting on a f- number 50 right now. My only thing is is getting the list of people I want to talk to. That's it. Like if I, I think that's if I can just continue to have people agree to come on the podcast. I would do this for fun, even the, if this went nowhere, because this brings me so much joy and brings I mean, everyone watching so much joy. And I just love I fucking love conversations. I love it. I love getting to know about people.
1: Bro, that's the the easiest thing ever because, like, humans on average love to talk about more than anything else themselves. And so, like— You'd be
0: surprised. Not to the level of depth—sorry to cut you off—not to the level of depth in which I like to go. Like, of course, I wanted to know about you. I wanted to know more things about you than just, like, how you created ideas for challenges. And I feel like, especially in the streaming space where— so many people do build the wall of like, this is my persona, happy, good vibes. I'm not necessarily going to talk about the seriousness to have someone step out of that and potentially field a question of like childhood, sadness, a family death, whatever can be a little daunting or vulnerable, but I don't know. Again, it's, it's to your, to your thing of accepting the nose. No one's really said no so far. So like, the proof is essentially leaning more towards what you said of people do want to have these talks because I've really, I think Sparty is the only person who replied a meme of just like, eh. and that was it. Otherwise every right. single person has been like, dude, I would love to.
1: And that's, that's what's cool. So sorry to cut you off. I don't No, that, And like, <laughs> there's just, there's just probably going to be a bunch of like episodes with people that like, I would venture to guess that if you did a, a 10 episode run of, you know, content creators at the beginning of their journey or, or the small content creator season yeah. where like you did 24 episodes of like, I'm only going to talk to content creators that have a CCV of less than 10 or whatever it is. Like there's an unlimited number of them. Oh, yeah. And th- this, this is seen as an opportunity. Like you're not asking a favor, you know, like yeah. if I ask Spark to play with me, I'm asking for a favor. That's fair. So, and like, and like, that's his job is to like play every day, but like, to play with me versus like the Shred Squad, that's a favor. So, like, I still to this day, I've never asked to play with Stone because like, I still don't even feel like I am at the level where like, I'm asking him to play because it'd be a favor for me. Now, like, I always try to do it where like, I want to do things that he thinks is cool so that maybe he asks to play with me. Yeah. But like, If you, there's no shortage of people to talk to, I would think.
2: Yeah,
0: no. And that's one That's the beautiful thing about, again, just putting yourself out there, getting ready to like, that's why I made a list and I just shot messages out to literally every single person on that list and was pleasantly surprised and was also pleasantly or was very, I was expecting to get no's like, that's again, one thing that I expected going into this. So that's a, and it's also interesting that you mentioned favor as opposed to where i think it uh, think of it of how do how does my skill how does my ability to entertain add to your ability to entertain and so it's interesting that you think of it in a way as sparty doing you a favor as opposed to the idea that no he's asking you to play because you also elevate the content you
1: elevate that so that's yeah, that's interesting. But so, but like I, I always say like, I'm the number one top shred squad alternate, right? Like (laughs) my my service or like my value is that I'm always ready. Yeah. And, and and so like I, if I asked to play with Spart like, and be like, Hey, instead of doing the thing that you do normally on your day, like I want you to forsake that to play with me. That would be like, I'd be asking a favor for him versus like, I, I, by me just being available, I understand that I am bringing something to the table by being available. And then also by being funny and like that trade-off just happens to be worth it because we're probably not going to get a nuke today, boys. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're probably gonna have a little bit more fun and you guys might not find as much as usual. You know? yeah, it's, it's, they're
0: a bickering married couple that entire group. It's incredible. That's part of their sh-
1: shtick. It, it seems, you know, like I, yeah that, that it's they lean into it for sure.
0: <laughs> I love it so much. dude i got I got nothing else. that's I awesome. cannot thank you for this time and truly this even just the simple idea of I mean it's everywhere, but just fuck motivation and and uh yeah, fall in love with the process
1: is going to be the key to whatever you want to find success in. So that money Brown gaming would be a good one for you to talk to. Say again. Money Brown Gaming, he's on okay. Facebook, and I found him by like offering the challenge to him. I love that guy. Okay, he uh, he spells money with two e's. Oh dear God! Can you, even though you suck yeah, at DMing, can you shoot yeah, yeah. me his uh, tag? Because that'll be he'd, he'd yeah. be a good one to he'd be a good one, good one to invite. He's a, he's a character.
0: Hell yeah, dude! Uh, what what are you looking forward to in the coming weeks? Anything people should be looking out for? Any crazy shenanigans? Even though I don't think this will come out for a bit, but. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to maybe getting this
2: video out at some point. That's Uh, great. Yeah. And, uh, just, you know, waking up every day, just
1: above ground. And that's always a good day. Nice man. Uh,
0: when and where can people find you at what uh, tag and all that good stuff?
1: Uh, still on Facebook gaming, uh, at Chadwick live at six o'clock in the morning nice day through friday pacific standard time there we go i'm gonna move to the east coast just so i don't have to wake up so early
0: honestly that's why i'm happy to, even just being an hour ahead of pacific in colorado yeah. helps so much dude so much but honestly i, I really do hope you get out of california because it sucks it's um, terrible here <laughs> dude a great place to visit though oh yeah great place to visit and uh not stay for longer than a week in unless you want to go bankrupt yep great dude thank you so much for taking the time i appreciate you that was fun enjoy the rest of your day you too Bye. bye